Hey, y'all. Thank you for listening to the podcast. Um, we really appreciate it. It would really do us a huge solid if you guys went to iTunes or the Apple Podcast app and lent us a five-star review because the algorithms really seem to love that stuff and it helps people find us. And then in turn, it helps people find the music that we're sharing. So thank you all for listening. And uh, we really appreciate you. And this is the 11th episode featuring J. Roddy Walston and the business. so fired up today are you yeah because <laughs> we're doing some r- 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 rock and roll yeah this is i got my radio voice going on yeah, we've, got- <laughs> yeah we've been doing some some kind of mellow mellower uh artists recently which i love they have my whole heart um but we're getting into some real rock and roll in this one yeah like and it's 15 ex- year old stewards like yeah yeah yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's it's a it's a fun one how was your week i feel like it's been a, a few few days since i've seen you we like played a gig last i saw you i don't know last friday so uh, the 8th yes the and then we recorded the 28th. cast and we had a pretty uneventful new year's <laughs> we had an eventful Stuart, New Year's. Stuart and I uh, spent New time. Year's here together uh, in St. Helena. It was a lot of fun, dude. We um we had like a little champagne and wine at the house, and then we went to the bar for like a hot sec, and we're you, like, you were dancing not, with all the cougars in the bar. Yeah, or? they were. Well, they dragged oh me God, up. It was they tried to drag me up. I was like, I just can't do it. I was like, he's not gonna dance. Um, they were they were really nice. You I thought they were like no. my age, and then we were like dancing, and they oh were my like, God, that was they so were funny. like we they were like we have teenagers at home, and I'm like, ah, we could be the Emily, same age. Emily, they walked into the bar, and you looked at them, and you looked at me, and you're like. Oh my gosh, young people in St. Helena. And I'm like, Emily, they are on the wrong side of 40. So, <laughs> like hey, people. you're isolating people. They're, um, they, uh, hey, no shade, no, no shade. shade. They're just not, quote, young people in St. Helena. I think I was, yeah, they looked, they looked great. Um, but young people did come later. And yeah. if you don't know St. Helena, we're like a 6,000 strong, uh, population town that's, we're, we're, I think we're exactly six miles, like, what is it? The parameter of our or diam whatever. Uh, if you if you wrap a big, I think they're both measuring perimeter stick and diameter. Our, I think you St. could Lina, say both, right? It's six miles long, because um, like you can run the whole thing if you want. Um, so we're pretty oh, small. We're pretty small, <laughs> um, and uh, it's mostly uh, older people uh, here because uh, young families can't fucking afford it. No one can afford so when, it. So when like 24-year-olds walk into Anna's, I'm like, what? Who are they? Yeah. <laughs> like, now what? multiply they that local? by two and those are <laughs> the people that you... Yeah, we... So we found out that the jukebox was uh, free because it was New Year's Eve. And so it was one of those like smart jukeboxes like the computer or whatever. Um, and we uh, we just each played like 15 songs. <laughs> maybe yeah. more and then we watched other people coming up and trying to like play their songs and then like waiting for their songs and i'm like oh my god we queued up like 40 songs dude they couldn't figure it out it was great well they were trying to put money in it and we were like oh they don't know it's free. i tried for like two seconds and i just started poking around i was like oh shit like, it's, oh, it's free. free yeah i wonder if they change it so it's always free if anna's was like just like fuck it or if it was just because it was New well Year's remember Eve. we fucked it up like the night before that do you remember that 
<laughs> yes. We like went on and we like these people put tons of money in the jukebox and we walked up and tried to like put money in after them and oh. we did and it didn't play any of our songs and then it went straight to karaoke mode remember so then oh we picked God. some karaoke songs but then it was like the karaoke versions of the songs yeah and it was so brutal to Dude, listen to we've talked in our second episode we talked for too long about karaoke <laughs> and we talked about karaoke versions being in like a weird key and uh like a yeah like a weird frankenstein version of a song where it's just like yeah. sounds strange anyway I, I haven't had that problem per Personally, like usually I find I that they're have. in the right key, but I know that there are, is like the, the singer's key or karaoke key they or whatever. They just throw it real, real high or whatever. Yeah. Um. So it's it's a little weird, but. So, but yeah, we went to Anna's Cantina, which For is like an, the only dive bar in St. Helena. And it was the only, and it's New Year's Eve. So like we have a couple, we have like a swanky wine bar that was charging like 80 bucks a person. For to this, get in? For They had a part, they had a Gatsby party. Oh, so I think sounds, the booze was like it. free. We got to get more bougie. It, it looked a little boring to me. I saw some, I don't know. I'm just talking shit. But, and then Goose and Gander had something cool, but that was like a hundred bucks a person too. What? Well, alcohol's included. It's just like a party. Like you go oh. in. Yeah. And like, I think there's a dress code. It's like some bougie shit. And, but Anna's is just like, come on in. <laughs> Although that security guard looked at my ID and looked back at me. 20 times i was like dude i'm 29 <laughs> like just well, I mean, stop it <laughs> the f you thought that those 48 year olds looked young i mean <laughs> he looked at you he's like you must be like 15 then because yeah he's used to saying alina yeah. i don't know but must be. <laughs> i just remember being kind of like annoyed i was like i was like okay if i look young i guess that's supposed to be a compliment but he didn't even look at mine he like grabbed it put it in his hand like kept eye contact just handed back i was like motherfucker he was one of those security guards that's like i have power and i'm gonna <laughs> fucking act like i have power even though like it's anyway i've i remember one time when tom and i were living in berkeley tom is clearly over 21 like let's just he's I don't know, um, he's clearly over 21 if you've ever seen tom he's got a big beard he doesn't look under 21 and like we went to um triple rock i think in berkeley and they were starting to card where's triple rock what, what it's, is that? um it's it's on shattuck just a little up is it called triple rock it's been so long. I don't know. I've forgotten all of my college years. We've been, um, we've been they're, they're all gone. wrong before on this but podcast. We were, uh, they start carting. It's like a Jupiter type place, but they start oh, okay. carting. It's probably about two blocks up from Jupiter. And uh, we uh, they were carting. And so we didn't know they were carting because they're usually a restaurant. So we get up and he's like, let me see your IDs. And we weren't really ready. So I'm like, oh, shit. Okay. And so Tom grabs his ID and the guard's like, take it out of your wallet. And he's like, oh yeah, give me a second. And he's like taking a second to get it out of his wallet. And the guard's like, what is this fucking amateur hour? No. And it's exact word for word. That's exactly what uh, he said. And I was like, sir? whoa, dude. Excuse like, me, sir. You're zero to a hundred right now. Yeah. Like Jesus Christ. And we ended up going, but I was like, was it just me or was that like, really like weirdly out of line and tom was like yeah i didn't want to start anything because i just wanted to get in because we we're like meeting friends but it was it was i just yeah. remember thinking i'm like damn some yeah but anyway so we got into we got into anna's we ordered a couple beers we, we get in. got some free <laughs> jukebox money which was awesome because if you know anything about emily and i you know that I mean, obviously, we do this fucking music show, so we, we like we, like music. we love listening to music and yes. curating music, curating playlists, and and I like to have a little. It's fun to have a little control over the vibe. I like to see oh, yeah. what works. Like I played like ten totally different songs. I played like "Let's Get It On," and then I played like "Toots and the Maytales," and then I played like I love Toots. Yeah, I was just mixing it up, but I was trying. I try to play to the room just mm -hmm. to have fun, but also stuff that we want to hear too. Yeah, um, so I think we did okay. The one that gets all the the white people going is uh friends in low places 
that one gets. Yeah. <laughs> that one killed. I don't know why, but Especially it does. Especially like a St. Helena vibe. The first time I heard that was at a wedding that I went to with Tom, and I was like, I've never heard this song. And everybody was just like losing their minds. So was like, yeah. I was like, I it's a good song. Yeah, there were some Hispanic guys there who who are dressed like cowboys too, like full on cowboy. Oh, they look so, uh, they good. so good. They yeah, great. I was like, oh, I want to talk to you guys. <laughs> they, they, they're wearing like little suits, yeah, like jackets, they, and then like yeah. these big uh, cowboy hats. They look like they were probably in a band, to be honest. Like I they, know. yeah, they look like they maybe be... like got off a gig or something and like came over. They might have been, but they were so, young kids too. So we came back here, and that's when we got at like. 10 30 yeah <laughs> we didn't even spend midnight out that, we spent it yeah. here that's when we got the idea though we we're like we have to release more music for uh radio keys because all the music oh, on our streaming sites the idea was New Year's Eve? it was maybe a little bit before but then it, this is when we really got we the idea to do it, it. Yeah. yeah so we've been talking because the i mean i'm super proud of it but like our most popular music on spotify is this uh these three songs that I recorded like seven years ago for a record label that contacted me when I was oh, in contact yeah. and they wanted me to do uh, Mumford and Spun. They actually didn't say it was Mumford and Sons inspired. It was like a folk rock inspired uh, original song, Christmas song. So they're making compilation albums and cover songs, and they yeah. wanted artists on a compilation. Yeah. So they contacted me. They paid me a thousand bucks flat plus any royalties down the so line. three songs, I mean, that's awesome. And oh, what I, was this, how I long ago? Uh, well, I was in college, so I was starving. And it was like 2000. No, I mean, my parents gave us some, gave me some money for, but it wasn't like, I mean, this was. No, but a thousand bucks when you're 24, it's like, yeah, fucking. Oh, fuck yeah. All I have to do is record three songs. And two of them were covers. So you were only really selling them one yeah. song. Exactly. You know? But those are our top three songs on Spotify. Because they're on these compilation yeah, albums. Yeah, and they have the distribution yeah. behind them. And, and then, one's a Christmas song. And then behind <laughs> that, it's it's Stumbling, which we are really proud of, and Hey Hey Charles, which we're proud of, and Moonlit Drive that we're proud of. But then there is also Mountain Vibe Live, which we want to take down because it was just so long ago, and we weren't as well rehearsed as we are now, and we don't think it's a good reflection of the way we sound right. now. And I don't, I'm not... I don't love that our only album is a live album. I think we yeah. should just have something on yeah. there that's not live. Yeah, that's and I've never really loved live albums. Like Jimi Hendrix Dude, is like my like main main albums. guy, and I don't even love like live Jimi Hendrix. Album. I mean, I love Woodstock. That's pretty much how I learned how to play guitar. Is watching that that vid like DVD it's, over and yeah, over. Yeah, I can't really get into live recordings. Um, I think some people love them. I was driving with Tom and we were listening to XM, and they played like a a live uh, Beatles song on the Beatles station i was like i don't want to hear i don't want and i skipped it and he's like no i like uh, you know it sounds it sounds good it's you know the energy and it's kind of cool because it's like a little piece of history and i get all yeah. that but like i just don't want to listen to a lot of screaming in the back of it totally track. maybe i'm a big square i don't know yeah and um so we kind of decided like we want to release a re-recording well originally we were gonna repackage all of our old recordings but then it's just like i'm not super proud of our old recordings and like you were talking about like you didn't like your vocal performance and i was like i don't like my yeah I musical arrangement i don't like the recording well, we quality can just, we can just m take a little time which we have right now we have time yeah. and and do them a little more justice because they're yeah. well-written songs and we still perform them live like while well, the sun's in your eyes is my favorite example but it's like yeah, we just need to kind of refresh it a little. But we we also decided that we'd like take out all the all the extra shit that I added in. Like I would add like synth or I'd add in like a ton of random percussion or I'd add in, you know, just random instruments, you know, when I was yeah, on there's that synth Tom in, Waits kick. Well, the sun's in your eyes. Yeah, there's synth on a lot of them. And, and so we decided it's like, well, what should we do? And 
it just it just was such an obvious answer. It's like, well, we were a two-piece acoustic duo for five years. Let's maybe, just do it. Maybe six. Yeah. Yeah. Let's while. just do it quick and raw and dirty with freaking maximum two guitar tracks, two vocal tracks, and tambourine, and that's it. So it's just like it's gonna watching like an old radio key show, us like live. Yeah, from, from like two thousand nine yeah. to twenty fourteen when Alante joined the band. Why not? Yeah. So right now we have about seven tracks. We have I think three, three new songs and four old songs that we're gonna yeah. re-release and repackage. So some of our new songs, like Bound for Glory, is that's, a great example. Yeah, that's gonna be is, on there. It has to be on there because it's not ever gonna be a song that we have drums on. Yeah. Um, and we have a music video for that. Yeah. Um, and then Fourth Lake is a brand new song, Fourth but Lake, it's, it's totally, it's, an, awesome. it's totally an acoustic song. Yeah. yeah. Um, we have a song called Vices, which we've played live before. And I think that's going to be like the quote single off the album. That'll be like how we lead it. Vices is great. We, we played it at a Kamomi. I didn't realize Alante like loves that song. He was just like, I've got a lot of compliments song. on that song. I so thought, I thought it was time to do it. Cause I don't think it's going to be a big band version of it ever either no. because it's such an Which acoustic. Is too bad, like, I, I think Alante wants to play on it. <laughs> oh, I mean, he'll play on it live. Like a drum beat. Yeah. Um, but for this one, it just sounds train beat is what I meant just, to say. Yeah. So. That, it, just, <laughs> it just sounds like, you know, that kind of that train beat. I yeah. don't want to call it like a barnyard thing, but it's not. It's more, but it's, a, it's, it's like a Hotel Yorba vibe yeah. song. Um, yeah. And it's when we first wrote it, um, I was like, gosh, this is really, it's really repetitive and kind of doesn't change a lot. And then we wrote a bridge that tied the whole song together. Yeah. Yeah. So it's, I think it's going to be good. Yeah. Anyway, we don't have to get into every track, but like with this album, I think it's going to give up. I mean, it's not a full band version of what we're doing, but we're planning on doing that in this year starting in April and probably yeah. releasing a uh, full band album. Oh, we're definitely going to record in a, maybe like June, July, something like that is what yeah, we're probably targeting. recording April ish. Yeah. Yeah. So this is like kind of an opportunity to show our past a little bit. Yeah. But a new, I mean, I got a bunch a of big part of our, our 10 year span of yeah. music together. It's six of that was, and I wanted something that we could be really proud of. That was like, this five, is what we were. Yeah. And this is what Emily and I did for five years. And, and they're they're the authentic versions of those songs, yeah. to be honest. Like, we play, like, I think we kill While the Sun's in Your Eyes with a full band. Like, don't get me wrong. I think mm -hmm. it's fucking awesome. But, yeah, that's a song we wrote acoust acoustic and played acoustic for five years. So it's like, I think I think it's okay to but bring that back to its kind of root. Absolutely. And there there's zero reason why we can't just do... But like do another recording of it with a oh, full we can band. Always yeah. Re because it. what's what's the problem with having an acoustic version of a song and then a full band version? There's no There's no problem. Yeah. And I I noticed actually the band we're gonna talk about today did that. Yeah. If you there's a couple there's at least two songs on his first album that he re records for another album and kind of reimagines. And it's like, yeah, it's that's awesome. It's like, cool. Yeah. So Basically, New Year's, we started chatting about this. We developed this idea to do it. I've been tracking like a madman in the last like three, four days. Working. Yeah, I've been a ghost. Um, just in, I was at my parents' house because uh, the upstairs room is like nice and carpeted and padded. It has like some pretty thick curtains and right. it's just a nice place to record. Mild room? The red yeah, room? Yeah, yeah, the red room. Red, yes, room. red room. Red <laughs> room. 
And so I've been, yeah, this, I just came to St. Helena to record this podcast and then get Emily's vocals on it. So we're going to have more news about this album soon. We're super yeah, pumped about I mean, it. We're basically going to almost maybe finish a lot of my vocals yeah. tomorrow, which yeah. is a lot. We'll see how much we can do. I want to get yeah. as much done as we can, but if we can, it's not the end of the world. Um, but yeah, let's just move on to it. Uh, this week we're doing, and this is like really a super treat for me because I, I've been a fan of this guy for a while um, his name is J. Roddy Walston, and uh, his band is called The Business. So it's just great band name. J. Roddy Walston and The Business. Yeah. And I, I first heard about them, it was like 2012 or something like that. And as, as you know... They've been around for... 15 years I yeah. today. So yeah, 2012. I, I know. I guess I was late to the game, but as no, you no, know, I didn't mean like that. <laughs> as you know, like, um, we were living, you were living in Berkeley and I was living in Oakland yeah. at the time and I was, uh, working. I was in college still actually. Oh really? In 2012. Yeah. Oh, wow. I graduated 2013. Oh shit. And moved in with Tom. So when, I thought you came to Oakland in 2013, 2012. Oh, okay. It might've been early 2013. Right. Either way. Um, I had just, I had just, uh, you know, moved to Berkeley with my ex-girlfriend's grandma together. Oh, that's right. Feet. Down the street yeah, from yeah, me. Yeah. No, that I do remember. Sorry. It was, yeah. And at this time, it was awesome to be back in the Bay Area because I was like, you know, really into Bay Area sports, like the A's and the Warriors and NFLs, whatever. Whole, but Your whole it, family was there. Yeah, the whole family was there. <laughs> but I was listening to sports radio a lot. Yeah. And um, I heard this song by him called Sweat Shock. Which is like, oh. da 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 sweat shock. Da, 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 yeah, da, yeah. And that was like, they, like, the radio station I listened to used that song as like the theme song for the Oakland A's that year. Oh, that's badass. So I, didn't know that. I was like an Oakland A's fan. So I'm like listening <laughs> like, to the radio song, and yeah. like, the, and, I, and I thought the song was badass. So I looked it up and sure enough, I stumbled upon Jay Roddy and um, he has like j just this badass rock and roll style. Yeah. Yeah. Do you want to just get right into one and then we can talk more about we, them? Or? We can, let's just play this first song because it's the first song I listened to. You, that you, yeah. I think, I don't know if you told me or it's just like the first one that comes up on their Spotify. And I was just immediately like, oh shit. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> this, is, this is exactly I've, what I've I kind wanna... of, I, we talked about it before the podcast and I like wrote it down because I'm like, that's perfect. I was like, this sound, he sounds like Nirvana meets Jerry Lee Lewis. Just like yeah. very raw and grungy, but he plays. He plays piano and he has a quote where he's like, I don't play keyboard, I play piano, but we'll get into that later. <laughs> I'm sure it's a piano player thing that we just don't know about. <laughs> yeah, it's a piano so he thing. plays piano and sings. And if you listen to him sing on this track, holy smokes, what a rock and roll voice. Yeah. It's like really, he's just going for it and he's yeah. got a great voice. And, and he, he has these, that da -da 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 -da, like piano, like you can just picture yeah. like Jerry Lee Lewis, like his hair flying all over the place. Yeah. Smashing so on the, the first thing I noticed is his voice in the piano. And that's yeah. obviously the core of the group. Mm -hmm. So let's, let's just play it. This one's yeah. called, uh, this one is a don't break the needle. Um, and it's off his self-titled album, J Roddy Walston in the business in, uh, 2010. I beg your sick leg for a serpentine and red Elevate your tricep, you're a martyr in bed And you're sitting on the gold mine Shooting up the whole time Cleaning up the refuse of your flat-shirt and coke line Now I've been pulling thread, doing all kinds of evil Now you hate me, baby, but don't break the needle in it Hey, 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 hey,
just bam just ends yeah. <laughs> his voice is so freaking it's powerful. so good it's really good yeah and just uh i love that last part when he's laughing because there's a <laughs> <laughs> and then when he does like the real laugh in the end it's so it's so good <laughs> but yeah i mean it's a pretty basic instrumentation in that song um it's you know electric guitar the guy plays like a super uh cool red and black sg yeah. uh, bass it's electric bass and an upright piano. Right. Um, so I have a... Not a keyboard. Yeah, not for <laughs> sure not a keyboard. His, I'm trying three, to, his 300 pound, oh, as he says. Yeah, I got it written down here. Um, let's see here. 300, and, yeah, it's a 300 pound 1970s Yamaha CP60. It's an upright piano that's built for traveling band. And he had this funny story. We were watching this interview where like... He was like, yeah, the uh, the wheels don't really work. They're just like a bunch of anchors, so you can't really roll it. And the roadies were like, oh, for sure, bro. And they just like dragged it <laughs> and like just destroyed all the wheels on it. And he's like, man, all the he's wheels like, oh, broke man. off. Yeah. yeah. Well, they because the interviewer was like, how do you, how is lugging that thing around? Do you do it? Do roadies do it? And it's like, that's the first thing, one of the first things you said when we watched the video yeah. tonight. You're like, damn, that's got to be a pain in the ass to lug that thing around. And these guys are road dogs, too. Yeah. They lay. Like, I think for like two years straight after um, Essential Tremors, which is their second to most recent album, came out, they were traveling for too much two years straight, it sounds like. They toured this, they toured one album for over two years, which is a lot. Yeah. Yeah. And just when they thought they were going to stop, it'd be like, we'd get picked up again and it would just, you know, they yeah. just go for it um, or they'd get an opportunity. And they kind of, kind of made a big name <laughs> for themselves with their live shows, kind of yeah. like the California honey drops or someone has done where mm -hmm. it's like they are such road dogs and they're on the road so much and playing so much live and their live show is so great yeah. that people start to get to know them through their live show, which is such an old fashioned way to 
find a band and it's really cool. Yeah. And, you know? and, uh, so he was talking about J J Roddy. Um, his, so J apparently stands for Jonathan, but he doesn't go by Jonathan. He goes Never by has as a kid. Yeah. He's like, I don't, I think he just goes by Roddy, right? Rod. Like Rod. Rod. So yeah. Roddy apparently is his mom's maiden name. Right. So that was like his family's way of like keeping that alive. Um, so J Roddy, um, he was in, I think he said it was seventh grade. Like 14. Yeah. And so that's probably about he, and right. And there was like a talent show at, yeah. and you know, they, they called assembly where everyone like goes and like shuffles into the fucking like gym like a, or yeah. whatever. And, uh, he saw this band play that was a in a talent show band. and, uh, <laughs> they were like, you can't play any Nirvana songs. Who knows why? But they said that it was a week after Kurt Cobain died. So this is 1994 yeah. and he was watching it with his buddy and this guy plays a Nirvana song. And just smashes his guitar on the gym floor. <laughs> and uh, I'm picturing a 14 year old in a gym just, just fucking <laughs> getting so, so into extra, it. Just, and all the teachers are just watching, all the students are just watching. And then suddenly he just starts smashing <laughs> his guitar. And he said it's like on the gym floor. So they don't even yeah. have a stage. They're just like basketball court, rest dude, in peace. That like, kid is my hero. <laughs> dude, he's Jay Roddy's hero too because Jay Roddy like looked at his buddy and was like, yeah, we're starting a band. <laughs> like, like, right this after is that. so cool. Yeah. So they. So that is a perfect example of his live show because he saw this guy like smash his guitar when he was, you know, starting. So he yeah. thought that, you know, in this the name is, of Nirvana, which yeah. is so cool. Yeah. yeah. And anyone the, who knows yeah. us knows that we're huge Nirvana fans. Yeah. So he so he takes that. And now if you watch them live, they are like a super rock and roll man. They are thrashing around you know their head banging it, yeah. it's and just like can, a loud fucking concert too you can see how if if i saw them live and not knowing them not knowing their songs they would 100 percent win me over song one or two and you know what he does that's really impressive is uh and he's got this long luxurious brunette um he looks like he's in skinnered is what he looks like yeah two, two out of the three at least do if not three out of the four um the drummers always have short hair. I don't know why, yeah. but, um, and, <laughs> and so, uh, so he, uh, yeah, and he's got these luxurious locks. So he's banging them around a lot. He kind of banging his head around and he's what, what's hard for me. Um, he might have longer hair than you. Yeah. Yeah. I have pretty long hair right now, but he, he definitely does. Um, and, uh, what's impressive to me is that he's like, he's, he's turned sideways cause the piano's sideways facing yeah. the audience. Right. It's like classic Jerry Lee Lewis. Yeah, classic Jerry. And so he's, and then he's playing the piano and he's, he's got this weird mic and he's just like, <laughs> he's like bending it around and then he'll stand up a lot when he's not playing and sit back down and stand up and then he'll jump out front and then he'll come back. And so he's doing so much performing from a piano, which is not an easy instrument no. to perform. Like with a guitar, you can really move around. Like with a piano, you're kind of like stuck in this position in I mean, a little you've way. Watched but the, you've watched those old, old videos of like pian pian little piano Richard. Players, like yeah. we do, we, I've, we've talked about it before, but we do this thing called rock concert where we like drink wine and beer and uh we sit down play and YouTube play a bunch of youtube videos of like, of like old old artists yeah so, just joe cocker yeah and, like, and this yeah. is i'm telling Chuck i've Berry. said it already like eight times on this <laughs> podcast but he he is so much like jerry, jerry lee lewis. lewis in his energy and his playing style with the straight uh straight da, 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 just like pounding yeah. on the it's just it's a fun way to play piano that like totally seems really simple like you're just kind of banging these chords like but it works so well with a rock and roll feel dude this kind of rock and roll gets me so fired up too because yeah. this is like this is not necessarily the kind of music that got me into playing 
you know, music in general. Right. But it's the kind of rock and roll that I really love. Like I yeah. really love Led Zeppelin. I really love yeah. old fifties rock and roll. Like, yeah. um, I, I remember when I was in college, I used to live in this house called the Marley house in Isla Vista yeah. and we would have a ton of parties there. And every once in a while, like when the party was just starting, I would just play like straight fifties music and Dude, just see how, still, just see how people reacted to it. Yeah. And people loved it. They love fifties. People loved it. I used to play. It was a, just a different vibe, you know? I used to play a lot of fifties and then like sixties doo-wop and that kind of shit. Mm. Like, like that stuff yeah. in my painting classes. Yeah. Um, Cause we play music when we're all kind of like in the zone and it, yeah, people love it. Yeah. Whether or not they know that they love it, they love it. Like everyone, yeah. Do you want to talk about Jerry Lee Lewis being crazy at all? <laughs> I don't really know a lot about <laughs> it because I tried to listen to that podcast and I couldn't get into it. Yeah, he uh yeah, that but podcast was a bummer because it was so I thought it was, it was be so really the problem good. about it is I don't want to once he started talk talking about it though. Once he would start I mean, we don't have to say the name of it, but once he was talking junk on like Sam Cook. Yeah, uh, don't that's touch Sam Cook. Yeah, Sorry, when he lost me. just don't. Because it's all it's all hypothetical. It's literally he said she said situation with Sam Cook, and I don't want to like belabor the point on Sam Cook, but basically there was a situation with him and a young lady, and it spilled over into a hotel, and then it spilled out of the hotel, and uh, he ended up getting shot as a result of it by the landlady of the hotel, who was a white lady. And no, it's... she was a she was a black lady actually. Oh, yeah. I didn't yeah. know that. Because but the... he was very aggressive at that point. But he, he was, was also kind of hammered and like he just and... got robbed and there, or he thought he got robbed. That's what he was saying. I mean, right. there was, it was a whole thing. But like the podcaster was so like against Sam Cooke in the podcast. Yeah. It turned me off. But um, regardless of this podcast, it doesn't have anything to do with the fact that Jerry Lee Lewis like was kind of a fucking <laughs> creep. Well, didn't he marry crazy. his 14 year old cousin, too? I mean, I don't want to like get anything wrong and like sound like we're just spitting vitriol about Jerry Lee Lewis who which let me just say before we get into it is like I love Jerry Lee Lewis's music a lot I love his I thought he was a pioneer of rock and roll um I think that he's an incredible performer but he has a lot of shit in this his is past. gonna this is creepy a lot of shit yeah he married his what 14 or 13 year old cousin in 1957, he married for a third time secretly to the 13-year-old oh, daughter of his cousin. So his second? Wait. His third wife was his 13 was the 13-year-old his cousin's cousin. daughter? Her parents were deeply hurt when they found out. Yeah. Am it's I like am I you, hearing that wrong? Yeah. It's really And his, his he's had multiple wives like wind 13, up dead, right? You're a fucking pedophile. Hands down. Yeah. 13? Yeah, no, for sure. Yeah, and we're like, not breaking could, any ground here. Everyone only, knows about the this, only, but... The only way you could, like, maybe... And I, I don't want to say the word justify, because that's wrong, but, I mean, back God, in the 50s, gross. there was definitely, like, a lot of people getting married younger, but that's not that's 13. too young. No, that's no, too young. 18 people were getting married. I, that was a scandal then. That's what actually derailed his career, I think, is Yeah, that. you don't... So even yeah, in the, in the so setting of the 1950s, when people were getting married at, like, 17, 18, maybe even 16... Um, 13 and that's his is third wife, so absurd. he's got to be at least more than twice her age. And you know what's what's troubling is like everything, but like if, if she, so, he decides that the appropriate person to marry is a thirteen-year-old. It's yeah. like who knows what he, yeah, who knows what well, else. Well, he's going also on. been Just, accused ugh. of not murder. He's yeah, <laughs> he's a 
two i mean he's like done crazy shit like he smashed people in the face in the audience with his microphone stand he showed up at graceland outside you know elvis's mansion with a gun trying to get elvis to come out so he could kill him like he had an intense rivalry with elvis why is he so mad i don't know (laughs) him him and oasis should get some classes (laughs) together Y'all need some anger management. Yeah, they need to get some classes. Oasis, Jerry Lee But he, uh, he, I would, I don't want to, like, I love talking about rock history and like shit like this, but Jerry Lee Lewis, basically, I think from what I understand is he had a super sketchy uh, situation where his wife died. She died on like a, she was like found dead on her bed and it looked like she was maybe like, it wasn't like a. Uh, I can't. I, I don't can't know. The we haven't researched this because I didn't yeah. know we were going to talk about it. But it's, it's very. Uh, it was sketch it's, it's as sketchy. fuck. Yeah, that's we'll all both agree say. that it, w- without saying a lot of like quote but unquote details, it was like a small very town. sketchy. He lives in a small town, and he and seemed to get off. Basically. The odds are, or the odds are, the it, it seems as if he was maybe protected a little bit by oh, the yeah. his aura being like the fucking king of the town, basically. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Um, but I. I might be wrong, but I think he might have had a couple wives die. And I think he had at least two. Yeah. Anyway, I definitely recommend doing a, you know, if you're bored at work or whatever, maybe take 30 minutes and read his Wikipedia page and <laughs> just dig into it. Because Jerry Lewis, whose nickname, by the way, is the the killer, is... Uh, was that before... That was when he was just. I a, think that was just when he was uh, just a killer piano player. But he had, dude, he had like this intense rivalry with Elvis, like really intense rivalry with Elvis, and he had seven wives total. I can tell you that. Oh my god! Sorry, that's the first thing that came up. But basically, I do think that he is. If you take his personal life out of it, which I think you have to do sometimes with artists, like there's a lot of incredible artists that have like really sketchy history. Like there, obviously, Michael Jackson's like the first one that comes to mind, and. Um, you don't really know is the thing, and so yeah. you kind of have to listen to the music. And I mean, his music's incredible. He was he was a four a forefather of rock and roll, which is my favorite kind of music. So you got to pay him respect, but at the same time, it's like, dude, this guy, dude, it's is it's intense. This is a long debate that I don't want to get into because I still don't really know how I feel about it. But it's like when somebody's art is blended with like yeah. who they were. And it's like, I, you can't ignore these terrible things that people have done, but like, uh, it's, uh, I'm trying to think of another example. Of well, it goes it. like all, um, I mean, it's happened throughout history. It goes all the way out yeah. to like freaking Socrates and like Plato and stuff. And they had like little boys who were like their, you know, Oh, they you were can uh, put two oh, and two together with they that were, statement. Um, they were like quote unquote minnows. The old, the idea at the time was that they were like we're talking about teaching, Plato, right? teaching. Oh, young, yeah. yeah. Uh, boys about sex. It's like yeah. a weird, weird. But I mean, it could like. But are you going to discount everything that Socrates said because he might have like had some inappropriate relationships? Which by I don't and, know about Socrates specifically. I think it was at least. Am I am I saying the wrong guy? I is don't. It, is it both know. Plato and Socrates? <laughs> I just know that at that time it was kind of the thing to do. Yeah, in Greece, that was like they were. What are they called? Uh, this pe- is a history pedis- podcast. Pedestry? Was it pe- <laughs> pedestry? Um, yeah, where it was like we're teaching the younger males how to be lovers, and it's like no, it's just rape. Yeah. So I, it, it, I think yeah. it's called. Pedestry. Yeah, pedestry is a homosexual relationship between an adult male and a pubescent or adolescent male. The word pedestry derives from Greek 
and then it's a bunch of Greek words. Uh, <laughs> love of boys. Um, yeah, it's not okay. It's basically what Kevin yeah. Spacey is being fucking. Dude, he got charged. <laughs> Good. Fuck Did that you guy. see him have that super fucking awkward like YouTube clip of him I like? I don't want to look at him. Uh, I don't want to. It's like yeah. it's like videos of Trump. I'm like, I don't need to hear him talk. I've heard him talk more in my life than I ever want to fucking hear him talk. Like Dude, and see his face people, move. The thing I that fucking bums hate me it. out is people have known this shit about. About Kevin Spacey? About a lot of Hollywood. Forever. Like, I remember thinking... Dude, wealth is scary. I wealth remember, leads to scary shit. I remember thinking, fuck Kevin Spacey, like, maybe even as long as a decade ago, because there was a story about him rendezvousing with, like, a young, young boy, teenage boy, in, like, Central Park Ew. at, like, 3 o'clock in the morning, and they caught him. And he was like, I'm just walking my dog, and... This boy happened to be here. And it was like this whole fucking thing. And, and I'm like, dude, you're a liar and you are creepy. Like yeah. is what I thought when I was, you know, in my, you know, 20 year old brain or whatever that was. Yeah. And, uh, and then it comes out like nine years later that he's doing all this creepy shit. And it's like, yeah, no shit. All the red flags were there this entire time, but people are insulated because they're like Hollywood royalty. They're, they're Hollywood royalty and they're. They're wealthy so they can get they can get whatever they want. It's it's just a bad combination. It's yeah. a really and and then people become the victims of that. Um, a lot of young women, obviously, and then mm -hmm. a lot of young boy actors, which yeah. is so sad and yeah. weird and yeah. Anyway, so <gasps> Jerry so, Lee Lewis, uh, pedophile. Yeah, yeah, hundred um, percent. Um, although I think that well. Did, how long does it say how long his relationship was with his with his crazy thirteen year old <laughs> cousin or whatever? She's not crazy. Um, Sorry, the, no. the crazy relationship. <laughs> yeah. with, well, she uh, might be crazy. I don't know. I, no, I think she was thirteen and yeah. a literal rock star yeah. in her family who she grew up with that had probably groomed her a little bit was like, "We're gonna get married," and she was like, "Okay." She's well, I don't know 13. what they're. I don't know what it was like when they grew up, um, but they 13. definitely ended up getting together one way or another. Like whether or not they he knew her from birth or met her and then that happened. Either way, it's weird. But um, it's I think bad. they were married for a long time. Um, I could be wrong about that. So he I was, mean, it wouldn't yeah. surprise me. He's groomed her and then married her. Yeah, and, yeah she's not going to leave. She's got nothing else. Um, I was trying to figure out. <laughs> I love this line in the Wikipedia. And his first cousin once removed and... 13 years old, even though Lewis and his management all insisted that she was 15. <laughs> They're like, no, she's 15. No, <laughs> guys. Hey, yes, it's his cousin, but she's stop, 15. Would you guys stop tripping? It's his first cousin once removed and she's 15. Okay. So who came first, Little Richard or Jerry Lee Lewis? Wait, one more time. Sorry. Who came? I was who, reading this. Who, came, who was around first, Little Richard or Jerry Lee Lewis. I'm fairly certain that Little Richard is like the real king of rock and roll. And he was like around before almost anyone. Uh, oh, God. Sorry. Um, yeah. That's why I'm quick. thinking it's like we can talk about Jerry Lee Lewis, who's kind of a fucking asshole, um, as being this kind of pioneer of like the piano being in rock and roll. But is is it really? All right. Let's see. Is it really him? Can we no, give him that credit? For sure. No. Little Richard. I knew it, dude. Little Richard is... The real king of rock and roll. Yes. For, for Let's start comparing him to Little Richard. Yeah. So. I like it. Okay. Because <laughs> they're doing similar things. They're playing, playing piano sideways and they're like standing up, sitting down, yeah. standing up, sitting down. Um, He's always wearing a suit. So cute. So yeah, That's he was great. active. Well, this is just Wikipedia. He was active 1947 to 2013. Oh, we watched this video the other day. 
it's yeah. uh it's, it's like an awesome video yeah I little richard oh look at that guy on top Sally. of the piano oh god it's like <laughs> a bunch of white people like clapping and shit awkwardly clapping yeah, yeah it's just yeah but and he's standing and playing the piano which is great. i love that he's playing that he's playing that tenor sax on top of the piano yeah they're just getting he's putting his Dude, leg on the piano much would he, how much Richard. would he love to be at that concert like if that concert happened today i, I would, wish the audience was a little oh, more shit, lit that's, up what's his name uh Damn it. What's it? It seems like this is the scene in a movie or something, but basically oh, that's Bill Haley, Bill Haley in his comments. Bill there. Haley in the comments. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's Bill Haley. I was like, who is that guy? Oh, how fun. Dude, Bill Haley. We can't get into all this shit. Bill Haley had a super interesting, uh, bout with like mental illness and shit too. He had, a, I don't know. I, I have his... his later career was so crazy. Um, sorry, I didn't, that sounds insensitive because he had serious mental issues, but it, it was, he, he started to develop like a lot of shit down the road and he's getting older and older. But Bill Haley is a legend too. I mean, all these guys. Anyway, little Richard, what a, what an American treasure. And J- <laughs> <laughs> definitely an American treasure. Yeah. Um, and then J Roddy, uh, does that vocal thing too. That reminds me of, uh, of the kind of where these- their voice goes up. Whoa! Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. It's um, the and, Beatles yeah. do that shit all the time too. But yeah, Jay Roddy does do that a little bit, especially in that last song we heard. Yeah, it's yeah. like going f- straight into the falsetto just for like one note. Yeah, it's hard. To, it's hard to do that as a singer, dude. I, I, I'm. Oh, there's finally some. Yeah, I'm. I'm so impressed. Uh, just with his uh, performance, definitely. Like if you, if you, uh, you must be energized by that last song we played. Like you can't. <laughs> Can you not be yeah. like, I think I first listened to that at work on my headphones at like nine in the morning, you know, with my coffee. And I was just like, it was like a shot of freaking caffeine for sure. Um, it, uh, yeah. And, um, what, what's crazy about his upbringing is his grandma was affiliated somehow. I'm not really sure how, cause it doesn't go into detail, uh, uh with the grand old Opry. So he oh. he was heavily influenced um, instrumentally yeah. by his grandmother who taught him, I think it was guitar and piano. Oh, that's cool. And she uh, she was a country artist and he grew up singing in the church choir like a lot of singers do. And, yeah, um, that's a great so way to start. Any choir is a great way to start. We started in choir. Yeah. yeah. So he was in gospel. Gospel choir and is a country. great way to start. Yeah, so he yeah. was gospel and country. And I like this quote. Um, his relatives referred to it as both kinds of music when he was growing up. Oh, dear Lord. Gospel and country. <laughs> <laughs> There's only two. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> but he was also. And he said he started writing songs at about 14. Yeah. That for, sounds... ri- for writing songs, that's. That's well, that, pretty that cool. That lines up That's with that impressive. story about that dude smashing the guitar. Yeah, and, uh, he's like, I got, we got to write songs now. Yeah. yeah, yeah. It's like, what comes first? Do you write songs? Or you play? I started writing songs before I was playing instruments. I did probably simultaneous because I've right. always been someone like, like, I gotta whether or not like out, I'm yeah. playing a video game and I'm like making my own character in a video game or writing, you know, creatively when I'm growing up. I, I always wanted to create things. I never wanted right. to just take like the pre-made. You know, well, we have we have creative parents and yeah. I think that was always kind of an, a big option in our mm-hmm. house. It's like to be I don't creative. Think it was on. So dad didn't Not necessarily start, music. So dad didn't start painting again until the year 2000. Right. So I don't he think took a it big was hiatus. necessarily on my mind that our parents were creative when I was, I mean, I was so young, 
I don't know if it was if I really realized that our that our parents were creative people when I was growing up because it wasn't in our face. Like dad wasn't there with an easel painting when we were seven years old, for yeah. example. Like my first I don't know if he would have had the time when we were yeah, God. <laughs> to be honest. Well he traveled a lot and he traveled um, a lot and then we're, you know, all young and close in age. Mm-hmm. So it's like, yeah, I don't know but how he could have the first creative moment I had with dad was he was making models with me. So we were making models. Together. He made models with me too, which I yeah. thought was cool. Was and then he's like, why the fuck am I making models? I should paint again. Then he broke the model and he, no, no, yeah, I'm happened, yeah. <laughs> it totally broke the model. That's I made it. like this uh, world war two plane. It, it was cool. I mean, I like, it's, it's just not my thing. Like visual arts like that just aren't my forte. And, Sometimes you just got to know when to tap out. And building stuff is cool. Our cousin Eric's really into building stuff. He's I, really talented. Anything that. that you're doing that's putting a thing in the world that wasn't there before, like we've talked about, if it can be fucking cooking, it can be whatever. Like if yeah. you're putting something in the world that wasn't there before, like that's that's cool. You're you're contributing to the greater good just of be like passionate creativity. about creativity. Yeah, you know? it's yeah, it's it's so cool to think about. Um, and and I don't want to say it like it's leaving your mark in like a selfish way where it's like, I want to leave a piece of me behind when I die. Like that's not it's why, a little bit like that's that. not why I create, yeah. but it is a cool it's idea a that like, like that. when I read, you, you don't want to feel like all's for naught, you know? Yeah. Like when I read, um, you know, in our, uh, Pablo Neruda, somebody who's passed away. Like yeah. I, I read a lot of, um, authors that have obviously we all do and you can think like hey their words are kind of going beyond the grave or like we listen to any music of somebody that's passed away i listen to billy Billy holiday probably every day Mm -hmm. on my drive to and from work like she's always in my car in my brain and and she's been passed away a long time tom petty's a great example Mm -hmm. um and john lennon for me there's too many um yeah there's there's countless too many and it's like the fact that they got aretha recently the fact that they got to leave it Mm. behind is really great that was a loss i I felt that one i did too i know um god yeah i still get the fucking chills listening to her every time but um i it's it's I don't create so that something will be left of me behind. That's not why I do it. And that's not why I think most of us mm. do it, but it is a really beautiful piece of it, you know? Yeah. Um, and you can leave pieces of yourself behind in a lot of ways. Children's another way. Dude, <laughs> I, I don't I, have I any, had, but I had this exact <laughs> conversation with uh, someone in college and I was telling him, he's like, I'm like, he's like, where are you going? And I said, Oh, I'm going to go record some music. And he's like, why do you do that? And then we started getting into this whole conversation. And yeah, I was yeah. like, well, I guess, you know, it all is also like feels like you're really accomplishing something because even if, you know, you die, like this thing is, you know, a, a pillar and it's like left to you. And yeah. if you have, you know, nieces and nephews down the road and they're like, what was Uncle Stuart like? It's like, this is what he did, yeah. you know? And, um, and he's like, well, you know, the world's just going to flame out in like a few million years anyway. So <laughs> there's like nothing, there's nothing, you know, and it's honestly, all good. Like, and that was crazy yeah. for me to be think about like literally every single thing that's ever been created on earth will, you know, I think it's billions of years down the road, but we'll eventually oh, yeah. just be. Whoosh, and dust. and we'll, we'll be long dead. So who yeah, cares? And, and yeah. But then yeah. it's like, who gives a fuck about 4 billion years from now or, you know, tomorrow, if you, if something, God forbid, something happens, it's like. Time is a weird, tricky thing. It's just, it's so crazy. It's a weird, tricky thing. And like, yeah, there's, and honestly, just, just being 
just being a good person <laughs> is that, worth that's it. Really just be important. a good person. That's really important. Leave behind good relationships. Leave the world a little better than when you found it. I'm not fucking yeah. trying to preach, but so um or or leave behind these beautiful songs that we get yeah. to listen to, like yeah. Like the 300 Billy Holiday songs I have on my iPod yeah. shuffle. And the, the thing <laughs> is, like, like Jay yeah. Roddy does have like a really, really incredible voice, and his lyrics are so weird. And um, they are, they are full. His songs are full. Yeah. Like I get when I'm There's songwriting, I I get a. I'll write a first verse and a second verse and I'm strong and then I'll write a chorus and I'm like, oh shit, I got to write a third verse. And the third verse is always a little bit of work for me. Yeah. I have to admit that. Like I'm not, uh, yeah, anyway, well, I have to work it a little. that's the ties it up. Right. It's the, so, so there's pressure on it and then like it also wasn't from that first blossoming kind of thought. So it's, it's that. But then when I hear these songs, it's like any fucking, take any Bob Dylan song that has 10 verses and mm-hmm. you're just like, he just had to keep, he had to keep writing to finish this song. Yeah. And it's, it's all natural. It doesn't sound like too much. And Jay Roddy, I was reading his lyrics and I'm like, damn, like he just kept, he could have repeated shit. He could have repeated the pre-chorus. He could have repeated this, really but he keeps changing it. Repeating- and it's, it takes more creativity. It takes more work and it's, it's more interesting overall. And the whole yeah. song like that, don't well, break the needle is like, his two, hooks, two pages of lyrics. His hooks are killer too. His so hooks are he fucking can have, killer. He can have a lot of uh, wordiness in the in the verse and the pre-chorus a little bit, but when it comes to the hook, and it's usually just like one line with him, like, "No, yeah, hey, me, baby, but, but, but don't so break the, the yeah." The song we just played, the chorus is. Uh, I've been pulling thread, doing all kinds of evil. No, you hate me, baby, but don't break the needle. I was reading that today and coming up with a couple different ideas of what that's referencing. And then I actually asked my uh, one of my coworkers, who's a little older, probably in his sixties, and I was like, "Hey, is is uh, I've been pulling thread? If you say I've been pulling thread, is that like an expression? Do you know if that's an expression?" He was like, "No, but it sounds like you might be kind of messing things up." And yeah. I was like, yeah. He's like, yeah, that's I said the same thing. He's like, too. that's not an expression, though. <laughs> and I was, I thought it was yeah. like, a, you know how Tom has all these old man expressions that he says all the time. And I'm just like, he's like, you don't rob Peter to pay Paul. And I'm like, is that like <laughs> a, is pulling thread like an expression that's just like buried in time and I don't know it? Um, apparently, maybe it's not. I think it's very literal, like visual or like I've literal. Been pulling thread. Like if it's, you're pulling a thread out of like a sweater, yeah, you're, fucking you're fucking up, up the sweater. Yeah. So, so you've been doing all kinds of evil. Doing all kinds of evil. I mean, it ties it together. I thought this song was about heroin just because I'm super basic when it comes you're to lyrics. You're not basic. There's a needle. Yeah. I, I, but then the thread comes into play and you're like, I think he's are tying you talking about in. sewing? I don't think he's talking about <laughs> sewing, but I think he's filling in the metaphor yeah. or whatever the metaphor is. He's been fucking shit up. And when he says pulling thread, doing all kinds of evil, I it could be... So what, you know what's weird is when I first heard this song and I just heard the core, I don't, didn't super pay attention to all the lyrics at first and I just heard the don't break the needle and I was thinking of like a record needle on a mm. record player and I was like, oh, is, you know, is he referencing that? Yeah. And then... Oh, I was straight to is heroin. He, is he talking... <laughs> Is he talking about I've been doing all kinds of evil as in like doing a lot of music and then don't break the needle, like don't fuck up the music, don't break mm. what I'm doing musically. So I, th- yeah. I that's di- that's digging a little too deep. But yeah, I, I've been pulling thread, doing all kinds of evil. I've been he's been productive at something. It's like don't break the needle, don't don't break this tirade I'm on, whether yeah. it's you know good or bad. So um, he has like, so in the very beginning, he says, cause you're sitting on a gold mine, shooting up the whole time, cleaning up the refuse 
from uh, your last hit and coke line. Yeah. Yeah, it's a lot of drug references. Yeah, it sounds like a little <laughs> drug reference. It's pretty clear drug references. I honestly when I when I finally looked at the lyrics, yeah, it's there's It's yeah. gotta be a drug reference, but I don't think he's a I don't think he has been into drugs. I so, don't think. So let I don't me, know that. I'll for say a fact. this now because I was listening to a lot of his song lyrics today, and he has some about like being like hating his father or like. No, he loves his father. To, no, but um, oh, oh, sorry. Let me the get lyrics. there. Let sorry, me the get lyrics. there. His lyrics are talking oh. about that or like a troubled childhood or like he's talking about like his he wife. He loves his dad. Okay. He had a song about his wife <laughs> saying she's gonna leave, and then she they had a kid, so she wouldn't leave, and then she left anyway. That didn't happen, I don't think. And and then somebody asked him in an interview, they're like, oh, you know, did your relationship with your father inspire that song about fatherhood? And he got a little defensive, and he's just like, no, my father's great. Everything's fine. I had a great childhood. Like. Yeah. I'm writing my lyrics are storytelling. I'm getting in other people's heads. I'm getting another. Uh, he's at characters' heads. Yeah. So and he's a, like the Fleece Brothers. He's writing. Yeah. yeah. The Fleece yeah, Brothers yeah, yeah, is a great yeah. example. It's like I don't think "Love Me Tenderly" is based in any fact. No. That I don't whole think song he's ever is, been to prison. No. Yeah. Or like. Uh, Ian, have you been to prison? <laughs> well, like <laughs> my Tony Mercedes. Yeah. Like these people yeah. don't. It's it's a it's a novel. He's writing fiction. You yeah. know, and that's fine. And I think Jay Roddy's doing it too, and he's doing it fucking well. Yeah. Yeah. And I don't, I'm not one of these warriors that, that it's like, you know, songs, every song needs to be an autobiography. Like there's a lot of people who do beat that drum though. There's they do. a lot of people and who beat like, that drum. And it's like, it's like, if it didn't happen to you, you can't write about it. And it's like, I get, I get when there's like forced, like inauthentic songs. Yeah, like, like when people are like talking about do. being from yeah. the South and doing country, but they're like <laughs> from, you know, not, yeah. the, I don't know. There's, there's times when I think it's a little annoying or like, uh, done in a way that's inauthentic um but when you're just trying to write good songs then yeah like look at hey hey charles it's, none of that's rude in fact it was just a fun song to write coming from like a perspective I, yeah i think of a woman it, that's been left and she's sitting at a bar and she's yeah and you've been for, chained to tom for like <laughs> 10 years <laughs> i know <laughs> anyway but, i think that there the thing is about the inauthenticity is people don't like it inauthenticity in terms of like sounding like you're you're singing autobi autobiographically. Like if you're if you want to make it sound like you're living a life that you're not, that right. sounds inauthentic. But if you're telling a story, then it's different. And I think there can be room for both. I don't think there yeah. has to be like a golden rule of songwriting where you say, "Oh, you have to write from your heart," and if you don't write from your heart. Blah, blah, blah. Like and, I, but I think they are writing from their heart. Oh, no. Yeah, you know, sorry. I didn't mean like no, write I knew, from your I heart. You I mean meant. like write from your heart about your experience. It doesn't have to be your direct experiences. Yeah. yeah, it can be, you can have a little more fun with it. Definitely. You know, like he's he's happily married with a kid, at least one, if not I two think kids. He, yeah, he might have two kids. I don't like, know. Like just because I think he I'm, said he had a kid. And, yeah. And that's when he, they, he said he's more on like a, uh, what do you say? A timeline or a gosh, what do you say? It was, uh, he says now he writes music like more like with a shot clock kind of thing. Like he oh, has a time frame where he feels like he oh, needs to write. Yeah. yeah. But well, but, and I, so I think, I, I don't think anybody should be put in a box of what they can write songs about. Like Bob Dylan had like a, pretty normal childhood and then he actually like lied about it and said that he was like hopping trains or something and like and then they Aww. found out that he was lying about it I, I'm, I'm if i'm getting any facts wrong i'm really sorry but this is like what i'm kind of remembering from uh anyway um and it was like he was sort of trying to 
be more authentic in his songwriting and maybe he didn't think his story was interesting enough and it's like look our story is pretty cushy too like we had a we had a non-tragedy childhood yep. everything was pretty fine like we're doing fine right now but that doesn't mean we haven't had heartbreak and we can't write a song that expresses heartbreak and maybe it expresses it in a creative way like hey, hey charles or something where it's like you're kind of getting in the head of like a for me that was like a like a you know 1800s housewife that has no idea you know when her husband leaves if he's ever coming back and so she's kind of like thinking about that but it's 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 storytelling at the fucking end of the day it's storytelling and however we want to do it to make a good song i think that that's fine i think that jay roddy is a storytelling he's a storyteller. songwriter absolutely yeah so I, I think that's what he likes to do and there's not you don't have to be one or the other you can be both because i know i've written songs from personal experience and personal heartache like uh oh yeah where all the time go is like probably the most oh, yeah. vulnerable song i've for written me while the sun's in your eyes about, it's definitely yeah yeah and they're both about the same thing yeah, basically wasting time and, and yeah and anxiety yeah. around around anxiety you know around, i'm gonna die one day and yeah. am i gonna be happy with all this time that i've spent and then there i've written songs about characters and then like i was saying earlier 14 year old Stu wrote some terrible songs about shit i've that written had some really <laughs> terrible <laughs> can i tell like, you that last night it was friday night and uh tom was uh and you were partying tom <laughs> no <laughs> i'm 29 and married tom was uh had a gig uh that you went to yeah which is cool um but i was like home alone and i i kind of hadn't been alone in like a week we like hosted people and like and I, just, I was i was you were here in the early no and it's fine and alante was here and you know everybody's hey. here and so I was a little like, I just needed like a night to myself. And so like I sat and I was like, I'm going to, I was like, we're going to record this weekend. So I'm going to like play some guitar and, um, sorry, play some guitar and, uh, try to write some songs and finish some songs out. And I spent about two hours doing that and got so frustrated with songwriting. You know, when you <laughs> sit and you try it and it's just like, it's not coming to you or it's not working out the way and you, you want to smash your guitar. Like you want to fucking smash your guitar. Yeah. I wasn't like angry, but I was just like, this is not right. And it was like, I was almost was trying too hard. To, yeah. I, I was trying yeah. too hard to finish. I, I have like everything for a song except for the chorus. And I've had, that's these, where I come in. I, well, I've had these four verses for like five years and I love them and I want to give them a good chorus. So I think it was just a lot of pressure, but I just was getting so frustrated. So I finally just took a bath <laughs> and listened to like some Enya. sad music. Like I always know I listened to uh, Anna Ash and Chris Casper though. That's my two yeah, favorite yeah. records this year. And, Chris, uh, shout out Chris and just kind of like try to like Zen it out. But I definitely had one of those rough songwriting nights last night where I was it just happens. like, I'm not fucking good at this. You know, when you like do it and you write some stuff and you're just like, God, I suck at this. Like I'm, I'm done. I'm burned out. And then it's like, no, you're not. You just, it's just, Dude, it's I think fine. This song I, isn't working out. It's fine. You and I were living parallel lives because I was recording guitar. And no I was like, way. I fucking suck at this. Last night? No, no, no. It was, all right. So it wasn't last night. It was like two nights ago. I was recording guitar. And, um, first of all, sometimes there's a ghost in the machine with my fucking computer. And, it's just pissing me off. And also the oh, other wow. thing that frustrates the living hell out of me is when I run my Apollo Twin Duo, um, which is a uh, preamp, I have this console thing that has uh, this shit pops up that makes the signal basically sound better. Right. Excuse me. So the computer's like whirring. The fan is like uh, whirring. When your computer's just suddenly like, I need to work harder. Yeah. And you're like, why are you making like, so much noise? I'm recording. Yeah. Like, I can't have this. That's so So I'm getting frustrated. I'm like, throw a pillow over it like I'm smothering it. Like, it's like, you know, like... <laughs> 
<laughs> like it's an unwanted child, and I'm just like, whoa, get, I'm trying to like, over here. I'm like trying to throw a like a pillow <laughs> over it. I like throw a blanket over it, and um, I'm losing my shit. I'm getting so frustrated, and I keep fucking up over and over again. On guitar, you mean? On guitar, yeah. yeah. Well, because once the pressure's there, I think it's what happened to me last last night. Once the pressure's there, and I'm like, that's not right. That's not the right yeah. like vibe. That's not the right word. And then I just keep building on that, and yeah. I'm like, this is all wrong. And so, then it's like all comes crashing. I'm like, Playing, and I got this awesome setup I had because I was trying to get as far away from my computer as possible. So oh I like got God, as far funny. as humanly possible from my computer. But I had a TV monitor that I plugged it into for the monitor. So I have my wireless mic. I have my TV monitor that I'm looking at like probably 12 feet away from my computer trying to get as far away as possible. So and um, in, I'm in the same room. It's in the same room because yeah. I have to be. And I'm like right. playing guitar, you know, fucking up, going back, playing it again. And then finally I pop. String pops off. And you're just like, fuck it. And I was just, just like, like, fuck this. You know? like, I, I picked up the guitar over my head. Like I was going to throw it. And then I just like kind of put it down on the bed. And I was like, I'm out of here. I'm dude. done recording for the day. But then I woke up the next day, fixed the strings. And yeah, dude, you got to know. I had a much stop. more productive day. You yeah, know? there's definitely a point last night where I hit. Because I was sitting with a guitar with the lyric book in front of me for two hours i mean so when you're on a when you're on a good roll yeah that flies by but when you're just hitting shit where you're just like god this isn't right and i don't know why and like i'm yeah. also just not super great at guitar so like when i try to write on guitar and i have written a lot on guitar i'll give myself credit with you that do. yeah um with the basic bitch chords that i know um but when i'm trying to make a more interesting <laughs> chorus i just get frustrated because my my actual skill level like stops me and then i just get frustrated and i'm like why don't well, that's why you call me girl <laughs> that's on. no well that's yeah. why we're such a good team honestly yeah. it's because like you can fill that in and then like I can fill in more lyrics and like for you and you can write these badass riffs and then we can create a song from that. And like, yeah, I was, it was just the wrong, uh, the wrong night, yeah. but it was one of those kind of sobering nights as a songwriter where sometimes you're like, you need to get humbled. Like sometimes you, you, need, get to take, you need to take an L you can't be fucking I'm 90% of the time, you know, doing that. And then 10% of the time writing like stumbling or a song that I'm like, Oh, this is a good song. So, and I, I probably have like, I've written some bad, songs. I probably have like seven voice recordings on my phone last night of ideas that are, probably all terrible well, i'll be the judge of that yeah <laughs> hey um we really have to play another song, by, play another song. Him, yeah um so the next one we want to do is called is so this whole album is our favorite album of his it's dude so, why are the self-titled albums the go the felice brothers yep. am i right the felice yep. brothers um now i can't think of another one but like yeah this one jay roddy walsh yeah and it's for some reason, the self-titled are just fucking. Oh, the Red Walls. No, that's no, no, not that's right. Day Sorry, Nova. never yeah, mind. Yeah. The Red Walls. Their self-titled was just okay. okay. It was just. Okay. It was their favorite. Interesting. Yeah. <laughs> no, but dude, self-titled albums. Anyway, yeah. I'm. Yeah. So this this album's they have four albums, right? They have. I think they um, had unofficially more, but just for all intents and purposes, it, we'll just say they have four because. Um, this is their second official album. So he started the band, he says in 2002 is when he started the band. Yeah, so and he had like a different lineup and they were like living changed in a, a different lot. place. Yeah, and so they're like 16 years strong, but the I think the lineup for the last good handful of years has been the same people. Yeah. Um, and uh, so yeah, 2007 is their quote unquote first album that came out like... Hail Mega Boys. Yeah. Which and is then, a weird name, Jay Roddy. Hail Mega Boys. Hey. 
Jay Roddy. And then Essential Tremors, uh, 2013, and then 20... You know, this is another funny thing, because we talked about this with... Um, uh, yeah, The Go, because The Go's second album is their self-titled, and mm-hmm. The Red Wall's third album is their self-titled, and yep. The Fleece Brothers... They had so much material coming out. Um, it's I think it's a 10 year anniversary of that chalk album, by the way, which is crazy. Oh, to think happy about. Anniversary. Yeah. It, but isn't like, isn't a self-titled album usually the first album or am I just usually, totally no, off no, with usually that? it is. Yeah. Usually it is. So this is, this is an exception to that rule. This is their third. Um, well, maybe. Yeah. I, I mean, I can't really it's explain just, it. It's, it's my favorite. It starts with the song we just played. That's the opening yeah. track where it's just like, hey, here's what we're about. It's yeah. like, holy shit, you know. And then the next, yeah, this mouth. one, uh, this one's really cool. It sounds like he's just talking some mad shit on somebody, but I'm down with it. Um, it's called um, Pigs and Pearls, and it's all self-titled, J. Roddy Walson in the Business, 2010.
we were just talking about how much we love that song like as it was playing it's such a good fucking chorus it the group vocals really make that too um yeah i mean we like just rambled on about bullshit for like the last 40 minutes and then we listened to him again and we're like Damn, he's so fucking good and it's, his music is so good. He's really doing a really good job. And I like I like he's playing on a uh you're just a pig I fed with pearls. So the expression pearls before swine, mm-hmm. right? Which I always say about dad with nice wine. That's yes. my favorite time to 100%. use it. I'm like, don't Dude, what give was that dad wine nice he got <laughs> that duck duck pond is oh, what i we want to call it, what so was it dad, called? dad drinks Not like magnums sure. of woodbridge it's like five dollars for a magnum which is two bottles of wine so he's drinking that and that's bless him like it's funny because i told my boss that i work at a winery and my boss was like oh i wish i had his palate i wish i could i wish i could yeah. drink that i'd be spending so much less money yeah anyway so dad drinks that and that's awesome and uh i went to their house um and i saw that he had duck duckhorn merlot duckhorn which I is like a 50 dollar bottle yeah. of merlot and it's like the probably the most known merlot of napa valley it's like probably the most famous merlot from and he had napa. two bottles and he had two them. bottles and i was like where do these come from <laughs> <laughs> i was like why do you have this and also can we open it and he's like oh that's my birthday wine from mom and i was like i'm not gonna tell him how much mom has spent on that wine because <laughs> yeah. it's really it's really nice because that is such a nice it's they the best good. merlot i've good. probably ever had it's yeah. really bitchin but anyway i anyway. want you to talk about the lyrics in this song because they're oh he's just talking good. shit it's they're great. good though they're great <laughs> He said, my, one of my you favorites is... need a good shit-talking song it's every a once total in a while. shit-talking So he says, I know you stole it, now you're going to walk walk it around. All my body knows you stole it, now you're going to walk it around. Um, I, I don't think he's talking about a... F- it's it, At first glance, it sounds like he's talking about like a physical thing. Um, but it, I almost think he's talking about like you stole like my sound or you stole like an idea from me or you stole like, or if it's a woman, like you stole my I thought my it was heart, like a woman. Yeah. And now that's you're going to fucking walk around with that burden that, that, yeah. you know, so it's an interesting way to think about that. It's like, to me, when I th- hear this song, it makes me think of like a relationship or someone that you really covet and you really think they're incredible and you want to like give them the best and you want to do everything you can for them. And then they don't give a shit about it. It's pearls before swine, you know. Oh, that's what I. That's what I get from it when I listen to it. My favorite line in the song is, um, "Says his coffee's black. That boy is just sugar and cream." <laughs> Isn't that good? That's a great line. That's I never good. noticed it. <laughs> it's in the beginning. Yeah. Um, so, you know, and and this is another example, one of those songs. Like, I listen to a song like this and I'm like, oh, he has like a tumultuous relationship. It's so believable. Mm-hmm. But it's like, no, he's been happily married, you know? And it's like, it's well, cool. Well, this was eight years ago. That, and he might have written the song I don't know. way before that. Because the thing about the songs but, we're releasing on our album, right. like, we wrote them like fucking four years ago Well, but also the thing about sometimes. songwriting is you can take an emotion you had 10 years ago and channel that into yeah. a song. Like, every song I write from now on is not necessarily going to be like a love song to my husband i'm so sorry tom there's a lot of them (laughs) but i can i can pull heartbreak you know and like write a heartbreak song there's zero love songs from me to tom i'll tell you that wow shade (laughs) is thrown you guys love each other so much it's embarrassing um i know this whole band loves each other so much (laughs) it's part of the stage shit we do where i like talk junk on tom and and your guys relationship i'm like god i hope it (laughs) <laughs> I guess they're married, you know, like stuff like that. But I yeah. love Tommy. I love him so much. Well, you introduced us. 
Apparently, ten, I, I ten don't years this. ago, ten years ago, three days ago, you introduced us. Oh shit! Yeah. Happy anniversary, January third, two thousand nine, and today's what the fifth or sixth. So yeah, we just passed ten years meeting, and yeah, you inter- you introduced us. And I, I still remember it in my brain. I can remember meeting him. It was at a redneck party. It was. <laughs> <laughs> so naturally, we fit right in. <laughs> but April and I went and just knowing it was a music party and we didn't know it had a redneck theme. None of us did. None of us. So we show up and everyone's wearing like a wife beater. Sorry, that is not what you call that shirt. <laughs> no, you can call a it that. Tea like that. I'm sorry, I've been calling that since Don't I was call a it baby. T-top. It's, it's a, a whatever. It's, it's a, a white it's a tank top. White tank top, aka a wife beater. Yeah, yeah, you're not you're not supposed to say that anymore. <laughs> but like everyone knows what I'm talking about immediately. Anyway, so people were wearing those like stained with like barbecue God, and so shit. Bad. And like it was like people were just like dressed ridiculously and wearing like mullet wigs. And I was just like, what the fuck is this party? The hilarious part was like when you first get there, you don't really realize that it's a redneck party. You do realize that person looks really up. But then you like see these women with like fake with like basketballs like belted around their waist. So they act like they look kind of pregnant and then you see them drinking and you're like, wait a minute. And, and yeah, like, a lot of like, we were young and naive yeah. too. We I was like, 19. I was 21. Yeah. April took me to that party. Thanks April. I met my husband there and then, uh, maybe April introduced you. No, you did. I, you were talking to Tom outside and I walked out and you were like, Oh, this is my sister. And then we met and then he was, honestly, yeah. I don't even remember when I, I met re- Tom. I've I known remember. Tom for so long. I literally do not remember meeting him. That's so funny. You've known him longer than me, which is cool. I've known him, yeah, exactly 10 years. I remember doing the open mics, so I must have met him through the open mics. Yeah. But I don't remember the moment where I was like, hi, Tom, you're going to be my brother-in-law one day. I remember it and what I remember most. So I remember talking to him outside (laughs) and I remember he was like really, really friendly and like nice to me. But that's Tom. He he thought I I was cute though too. He's the friendest guy on the fucking planet. You know what he put me in his phone as? I gave him my number because he was like, oh, you should come to my open mic. And I was like, all right. So I gave him my number and he put me in his phone as Emily. Uh, Stuart's sister slash Fox. Aww. I swear to God. Yeah. So he, he liked me. But, um, and then, so I remember he, uh, later on in the night, he was playing an acoustic bass, his acoustic bass that he still has. And I'd fucking, I was 19. I'd never seen Despite an acoustic bass. how hard he tries to destroy yeah, that he, thing. Yeah, he's broken it twice. But he, <laughs> I'd never seen an acoustic bass. And I was like, is that a fucking acoustic bass? And then, and then uh, not, not an upright bass. It's uh, like an acoustic. It's a guitar. Yeah, yeah it's a regular bass. Yeah. But it, yeah, I just never seen one. And I was like, that's so cool. And uh, and then Bobby was playing guitar. And he was like, Emily. Bobby Blades was there. Yep. And he was oh, like, Emily, shit. what do you know? And I was like, and we like went through some shit. And he's like, do you know Patsy Klein? And I was like, yeah, I know Patsy Klein. And he turns to Tom and he goes, do you know Patsy Klein? And he's like, yeah, I know. So we did Walking After Ben night um so the first night i met tom we played a song together so i like to tell that story yeah with bobby happy anniversary to you guys all right i'll stop talking about my husband who i love a lot yeah but anyway uh but yeah so this song is just a shit talking song and it's great um it might be a little bitter (laughs) it might be a little bitter (laughs) those awful words won't come out on out you're just a pig i fed with pearls i know your greasy smile it's it's definitely when i actually started looking because like you hear the song and my first hit off this song is like i love this sound well they're so rock and roll they just sound like sound of this song like i fucking love it the group vocals are killer they're killer and it's just a like a swanky great um 
uh, chorus. And then there's a lot of great drop offs. Um, just like the first song where it's kind of just him for a second. There's a ton of changes. Like the this bridge at the end is so good. It's like that though. This entire album's like that. It's brilliant. And the if way you, he's doing it's it. a great workout album. I work out to it all the time. Yeah. I love it. Because I work out all the time. No, I didn't mean it like that. Well, I, just but like an energy. Yeah, this, yeah. I always need running songs. I'm definitely throwing this, all of these on great, my running playlist. A, and yeah. let me look at this, uh, the song list of this uh it's called but there's so many good ones i'll read them don't break the needle full growing man full growing man is a great song (laughs) it sounds like it sounds like queen or something where it's like yes it does it like reminds me of like rocky horror picture show like crossed with queen yes it's for some reason those are both like (laughs) used to did well you know we played a song off his first album today and we're not Hail Mega Boys and it was uh, generic in love and it sounds like fucking um, crazy little thing called love where there's like hell of oh yeah there's hell of it's like bu- an acoustic guitar yep. and then it's like layered layered vocals, vocals where it's like this thing this thing yeah. he's got a great voice and, and yeah. he's got a great sensibility he's about his songwriting clearly a great songwriter yes yeah. and I didn't realize that his his songs were all like character pieces until you know we watched his interviews and you brought it up where yeah. it was like Oh, he's he's singing in characters, and I think that's just such a cool, cool another layer to him. Because if he was just like Jet, and God bless Jet, because I love, I Jet, love Jet, but if he was just like Jet, where it's like, yeah, yeah, I'm a, you know, I'm a guy, girl, girl, girl bitch. Ah, yeah, you know, like stuff like that, it would still be badass. Like yeah. Jay Roddy would still be badass, right. but it's more layered than that, and there's more, yeah. there's more dimensions to his music than than just like you're a girl, I'm a guy, let's go well, hook up or whatever. I think it's such a fun, just like the Fleece Brothers, like writing a song like a novel is so fun and entertaining and like interesting and cool, and it's like how how cool that like like Jack the Knife is like an early example of that. It's like we're, we've you mean always m- done that. Mac the, Mac knife? the knife. Mac the Knife. Sorry, yeah. I no. I you think Jack the Ripper because you're because neck deep into ser- true crime. Yeah, I love like, true crime. No, like, but like it's like where it's kind of like a fictional character song where it's yeah. kind of like a fun, you know. And it's like that. Those are oldest time and like yeah. It's why not? Like we have this platform to tell stories. Why not tell some like tall tales? Mm-hmm. I, I'm into it. Yeah. I'm, I'm and he all does about it, it so well. And if you can do it like he does where you have, like I said, his lyrics are like pages in one song where there's so much like he has to say, and it's coming from a place of like, he's just getting in. And like he said, a character's head, like that's, that's amazing. Cause he's, it's like a novel writer. Yeah. You're getting in a character's head to the point where you're able to, to tell all the details. Yeah. Let's get right back into another song. Let's um, fucking and do this, your favorite. So we're going to move on to Essential Tremors. And this one um, was on my most played Spotify two years in a mm. row. So it just goes to show how much I listen to this band and how much I listen to, to this song, I guess, apparently. And um, it's called Midnight Cry. And it's just... And like, I I was definitely identifying with this song a lot um, because, and I think we've all felt this and we've, you know, kind of referenced this emotion in the past with our, in our podcast with when you're feeling the most vulnerable um, is usually in the middle of the night, right? Yes, like when you wake up dark. and you wake up and you're like, I'm fucking up. And you're like, yeah, you just sit, you're well, like, why lo- am I doing this? It's what very am I doing? lonely. It's I, very lonely. It the other night I woke up at like 3am. Tom's asleep. Um, typical Tom. The, <laughs> 
<laughs> always sleeping now and like the whole the thing is your whole neighborhood like everyone around you we have a communal sense just as people i think we have this little kind of instinct of community and when everybody feels asleep that's a lonely feeling you know mm-hmm. it's why living in like a big city is a little maybe i don't know noisier at night but yeah. we live in a small town and at night it's just very like yeah. quiet and you feel you definitely feel lonely and you definitely start your thoughts start to wander into like one day I'm going to die alone. <laughs> it's, just like, it's like, why am I thinking about Emily, this right turn now? Down. Why Jesus am I? Christ. No, but it's like, yeah, it's, it's, it's just, yeah. So anyway, I, I get it. <laughs> so for me, this was like, I heard this song right when uh, my ex and I were breaking up. So no fucking way. Yeah, really? This was like six. Dude, songs we had find been, you like yeah, cats. We'd, songs find <laughs> you at the right time. We'd been together for about six, seven years. Is and we long, started breaking yeah. up and it was like apparent that it was going to happen. And then I heard the song Midnight Cry and this just happened to be at the same time when I would like wake up at like 3 a.m. and be like, oh, and you know, we were living together. We were together right. for a long time. So when yeah. you're like that close to someone, then all of a sudden you're separated. You're like, you're you fucking f- worlds upside down. You wake up in the middle of the night and you're alone and you're like, oh, fuck, I just lost, you know, the best thing that ever happened to me. And mm-hmm. like you think all this shit. And not that I was sitting there fucking crying at in the middle of the night, but you had these emotions and this song's like, I ain't afraid of the midnight cry. Also, you know, and it's like talking about like, he's owning it. It's talking about facing that fear yeah, or at least feigning like you're facing that fear, you know, like one or the other. And like, it really, and it really empowered me at the time. And I don't want to sound like, you know, super corny about it, but it's like, you can, you can face this and you can't you don't have to be afraid of it like you can embrace that feeling and realize that you've lost something but just because you've lost something doesn't mean that there's nothing else to gain in the future yeah so that's kind of how i identified with the song midnight cry so it became one of my favorite songs and uh, i just i just think the performance is great i think the lyrics are incredible he has some uh it's not just straight keyboard or sorry, piano. Sorry, Jay Roddy. Uh, it has some like keyboard effects in the song, right. which kind of bring it to another level. Yeah. And this is now 2013 after they toured the shit out of that 2010 album. Um, and and ten, uh, 10 is the self-titled, right? Yeah. 10. Yeah. yeah. And this so is this the is one with Sweatshock on it, which is a ah, song I the heard. The first one you heard. Yeah. So, so it, it's it came back. out like right when I was listening to him, 2013. So it had to have been 2013 AIDS season. And I was listening to that. But um, I think after they came out with this album, they actually started going on their first um, nationwide tours. And they were uh, they were going on um, supporting runs and headlighting runs with Deer Tick, Lucero. I don't know. If Lumineers, you, didn't they? I don't think the Lumineers. I, I didn't see that. You might be you might be right, but I, I don't know. I think I read that. Yeah. Drive by truckers. No offense. But yeah, they got a one on Spotify will Lumineers. not stop trying to suggest to me drive by truckers. I'm just not that into it. Um, Shooter Jennings, which is incredible. That'd be an incredible thing. Shovels and ropes. Like they were touring with these guys nationally. And, um, anyway, uh, let's just get into it. This one is, uh, called Midnight Cry. It's off his 2013 album, Essential Tremors. Now I...
It sounds like maybe that keyboard it could be like a B3 organ or something like that. It sounds like it, it's definitely an organ, some some kind. It's not a piano. It, it's something else, but it adds a lot to it. And you can really hear it in the end of the 
I love all the um, outro of that song. The falsetto backup vocals. Oh yeah. Yeah. And in the end, when it starts out all light with that. <laughs> Yeah, it starts out all light in the end, and then it just builds and builds and builds and builds, and then finally it all starts. Well, I down. love any, the chorus is really great. Um, after midnight, and uh, the call and response with the backup vocals uh, responding to it. After midnight, it's kind of like, like 60s, like, it's it's almost doo-woppy. It's really, um, it's a really powerful kind of simple way to write a chorus. Yeah. I, I really like that. I really like it too. Um, I actually saw them play live one time in Los Angeles and I saw them open for another, or sorry, I saw them headline for another band that we're going to be doing down the road. Um, yes, we won't reveal. We won't reveal now, but apparently <laughs> they live on like, he lives, he like bought a house and he lives on the same block as this band Yeah, in and uh, they, Richmond, Virginia. Yeah, who we toured with, yeah. Yeah, which is crazy. Um, but anyway, I think we're just going to uh, now do some show dates and just get b- back into Radio Keys no- news and kind of wrap it up. Um, first off, obviously, like, thank you, Jay Roddy, for letting us use your music on this podcast. Yeah, definitely check them out. They have four. And, and definitely check out a live show if you can. They're oh, my God. so good. I've live. just watched the videos and I'm just yeah. like, like turned up from the videos they have four, also what's fun is they have four albums online that you can binge i was listening to them all day at work and it was like pushing me through like energy wise they're just yeah it's uh they've got great energy a lot of great stuff a lot of great lyrics to just dive into too he's got these stories he's telling in every song and it's just really impressive and it, it i just want to say like if if he listens to this or if anyone else and affiliated listens to this um the reason like we didn't play any songs off the new album not because we dislike it or anything like that but we only have five songs to play and we're talking about the entirety of his the career yeah and four so, actually we're playing. sorry four songs yeah um, sometimes we play five uh four or five songs and so we only have four to play so we just pick our four favorites we don't it's really try to go off album like by, we said before it's subjective <laughs> yeah it's totally subjective like it's what hit me and i went this is my favorite song i picked two favorite. and you picked two basically basically or, yeah, yeah we agreed on we all basically we agreed, agreed on, on these four. all these four yeah these four are our favorites so i just want to say yeah. it's like no shade on on the new album or the first album or anything like yeah, that yeah they have a new album and he said um he said about it he said it's uh, like we were talking about how he writes in a uh, in characters Mm -hmm. um and uh he says in the new album that he kind of um opens up a little more he's i'll quote him actually um he says uh i think lyrically about the new album this record is a little less diffused it's more concerned with allowing people in whereas a lot of the times i write it's more like i'm going to share this with people but put a cap on it i was feeling more exposed and so then i think the delivery starts to reflect that i think it's more direct so that hopefully people can't avoid hearing what i'm saying i've always written songs like that but on this record there's a lot of quiet moments that just keep making the cut i think we all felt ready to expose this other side of the band that we're not just these long-haired guys who come out and are like buddies on stage who play loud music yeah and so he's i think which i like by the way which we, which we love and and they love too i think but like they're definitely uh the new album is definitely a little more um i don't know maybe visceral maybe like um it's more it feels like it's more exposed like it, he's being more exposed which yeah. is amazing on his path as a songwriter and he was saying he's like i hope people who love us and have seen us and see the rock and roll us like we'll hear this and realize that we're evolving into this and it's like the natural um spot you know place where we would go with our music and it's 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 a really fabulous record um 
and uh, and yeah, definitely check it out. Yeah, it's called Destroyers of the Soft Life. It came out two thousand seventeen. Yeah. Um, and they're probably. I mean, they. Are, I don't. Know, I don't know if they're on tour now. I hope. I hope that they're uh, out kicking it. Um, but like I said, if they are, you should definitely go see them. But uh, as for Radio Keys, we basically took. Um, I wouldn't say we took time off because we, uh, have all been working, but, uh, we took a little bit time off of rehearsing on the new year. We, we just played like three shows in a week yeah, and we played kinda, three shows and then took, we usually rehearse and then at Tom least was once feeling or twice a little a under the weather. So we, yeah. uh, ended up taking a little bit of a break. So we're well, going to, he also is in another band we have to yeah. remember. So he's working right now six days a week cause he has, yeah. you know, his work is kind of rough. And then he, uh, he also had a gig on Friday night and a gig on Saturday night with his other band. So it's like he, I think he was a little burned and, uh, we yeah. all, we needed, you know, Tom so, and I had that night off and it was, yeah, it was but nice. We've been, we've been doing, <laughs> we've been working on that new acoustic album. Um, that's going to be titled glory days. Um, yeah. and that'll be out probably by the end of the month. Yeah. Um, and that is an acoustic stripped down, um, kind of a, an aggressive, it's aggressively stripped down. It, it's not going to be like a soft, acoustic album it's going to be like an in your right. face like rock and roll acoustic album that also has like a how few, we used to play yeah just like how we like used found to play. a change <laughs> yeah and um like that recording yeah we as for if you want to see what this album is going to be about we have a show on january 12th that is just emily and i as an acoustic duo at so this will come out novato yeah. Hot Monk Tavern yeah, in, in Nevada. Yeah, There's like Nevada. five locations. So it's the Novato location. And uh, so north of San Francisco, right? Yeah. And uh, so um, we, so, so this, on, this yeah, is going to come out 12. Sunday before that. Yeah. So in six days, yeah, you can so come we got, see us. It's we, free. We're playing for two hours. Totally free. Come get a beer. Um, yeah. And they're like a, are they a brewery? They're a tavern. Is that a? Uh, anyway. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know. Uh, I think they maybe they make beer. I don't know. We're gonna find out. We I've never been, so I'm excited to yeah, play we'll, a new venue. We'll figure this out. Yeah, it's gonna be fun. So um, Hot Monk Tavern on the twelfth, and then um, we're gonna take a, a little bit of a break. Uh, Alante and I are going going to go to Nam, which is like the. Oh, you're going? Yeah, Alante oh, and I, I are going. That. Yeah. That's so cool. Well, first I'm going to Santa Barbara. I'm gonna kick it for about a week with the homies and. Uh, play a frisbee tournament on the beach. Oh, how fun! So um, we're gonna, I'm gonna do that, and then stick around. Alante's gonna come down and meet me, and then we're gonna go to Nam for two days, and then we're driving back that Saturday of Nam, and we're going to play um, in Alameda at the Fireside Lounge as a full band. And that's yeah, that's the, the 26th. 26th. Yeah. And so January 26th, we're playing with. Northerner opening for us and Roxy Ross and headlining for us. And uh, we're going to probably play about 80, 60 to 80 minutes that night. So um, maybe it, 90. Yeah, maybe 90. <laughs> yeah, I think us and Roxy are each going to play. Yeah, a, I, mean, I got to double check set. with I got to yeah. double check that Roxy is down to play that long. If she's not, then we'll headline and we'll play longer and it'll be fine. Yeah, it's fine. We but, we, we learned at our three hour gig that we, we, we have We have a, a lot of tunes. We have a yeah. good amount with the full band that we mm-hmm. could we can really beef it up. Totally. Um so yeah, the the Fireside Lounge but on Alameda uh, the twenty sixth so will be fun. Cool. Alameda's I don't know very if cool. you've been Yes, like, because there used to be a so I used to work at uh Pino's Palette for oh, four years and they have a location? in Danville and they have one. I don't know if it's still there, but they had one in Alameda. Oh, so shit. we went to that. And when I was uh 
uh, Giselle and Francois, when I was in their wedding, we got the dresses out there and we like went to brunch out there and we had to go like three times. So I've spent, I've spent some time Damn. in Alameda. Yeah. yeah Alameda is great. Um, it's super cool. I, uh, I got yeah. this and my old roommates hate me because I left it in our garage, but this, uh, like tea cart, Emily and I got it back when we were, you know, still, we were living cart. in Oakland. This one's awesome. Yeah. It's well, it's, I can pick it up. I, I love furniture. Tom yeah. hates it all. If there's furniture Tom on the side of the road, I will fucking pick it. that furniture up. I don't care um, how bad it looks. I'm but like, we got furniture. that at like this, uh, <laughs> This uh, antique store there. Oh, and I used awesome. to work on the USS Hornet for an events company when I was like moving shit around, working, like oh, basically loading trucks uh, in 2000. Oh, geez. When was that? 2011. I was doing that. Oh, wow. So I was working in Alameda briefly. Um, and I just, I think it's a, I just think it's such a cool little spot. I love Alameda. Yeah. And we're it's got super that cool stoked to play green bridge. Yeah. I love it. Yeah. Yeah. It's got a fun downtown, really good food, really good restaurants. Um, but yeah, other than that, I mean, just keep an eye out, keep an ear out because we're going to be releasing some new music and some old repackaged music pretty soon. Um, and we're we're actually filling up quite a few dates in 2019. Yeah. So we're we're excited. We've Emily's got some Emily's gonna try fun to cities. Gonna try to work four days, hopefully. Fingers crossed. Yeah, we'll see. I know. And uh, and then Emily and I will be. I think Emily and I are gonna try to book a lot more two piece gigs. It's and it's not because yeah. we don't like playing as a full piece. It's just. Tom has such a busy schedule. Being in two bands, two bands and working tough. six and days. And Emily and I are. We want to play as much as possible. As much as possible. And it also yeah. pays well, too. It pays well, yeah. and it's just it's just uh, when you constantly do a thing over and over and over again, you get better at it. That's not breaking any ground there. Yeah. So it's like if we can play, like we were just talking about a gig that we might book, and everyone's like, well, is the gig worth it? Maybe we'll turn it down. And then you said, you were like, it's kind of just like a rehearsal in front of an audience at the end yeah. of the day. Like even if we don't get paid a, paid a lot or whatever, and maybe it's a shitty venue or no one comes or whatever. You it's always like get better. It's you're, reps. you're rehearsing on it's stage. Reps. For me, yeah. playing guitar on stage is still relatively new. So anytime I can do that in front of an audience that's like really low key and like I don't, I'm not, I don't really know well, anyone like, and yeah. it's like not a lot of people. Like that's that's great. That's great. Like just kind of pounding I mean, I, the pavement for back. me. Yeah, I bring it back to like my sports days playing ultimate frisbee, which I played for close to ten years. I played ultimate frisbee and it's like. When you're playing at a, a, I mean, I wasn't playing at the highest level, but I was playing at a fairly high level and I was playing with a lot of the high level guys. And it's like, it's not about, you know, playing the best tournaments all the time. Sometimes it's about playing a pickup game with the best guys in town and you can fuck up a lot and you can fuck up a lot and you can throw a lot of turnovers and it's about reps. Like that's the main thing is reps, 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 reps. Does reps stand for repetition? Yes. Repetition. Ah, So, and and, and, in sports, especially where you're getting playing time and you're like getting your, your reps in. Right. So it's, it's any, anything that you're doing. Yeah. Yeah. If you do it more, you're going to get better. So so going to an open mic, for example, is we went to an open mic yeah. recently. We and went it was to Susie's awesome. Bar in Calistoga. Well, we had a great time. It was great because we yeah. played at Susie's Bar in Calistoga. It was just me and Stuart. Tom was there, but he's not going to play bass. Alante couldn't come because it's Calistoga's two hours north of where he lives on like a Thursday, Wednesday night or something. And we played like that. There were three people showed up to. No, sorry, two people showed up to play the open mic. Yeah, and it was us and this other. Um, chick and she played guitar and she, she was very was, sweet she was very sweet she was yeah. definitely brand new brand at new. performing and she was 
being really fucking brave. And I was like, dude, I told her too. It's she, tough. I was like, I, yeah. I don't even do what you do. Like get up alone and play guitar and sing. Like that's really scary. And mm-hmm. she was, she was, she, she was played pumped up job. kicks. She played pumped up oh, kicks, which yeah, is really cute. <laughs> she, yeah. You could tell she was really nervous, but she did a good job. But Love so, that song, so we played, Stuart and I played an acoustic set of like three songs and, uh, and then she played, I wish she'd played anyway, but, and then, so the, open mic guy came up to us and he was like, Hey, uh, no one else is here. Do you guys want to like play more songs? And so Stuart and I just like played a bunch more songs. We played like, (laughs) we played like probably like 10 songs total. Yeah. Yeah. We probably played like an entire set and we didn't get paid obviously. And like, we were just working out songs and just having a good time. But it also shows you which songs do well and which songs well, don't do well. Well, it was also well. like it's Calistoga, so it's a small town. It's I'm in Saint Helena, which is and there were some like rougher. There was like Napa. some rougher dudes there. There were like a bunch of like uh, blue collar, like well, it, it looked like cons- construction. All construction like, workers. Yeah, all construction like, workers. They clearly like gotten off work and like that's where they go. Yeah. is Susie's bar. And so like I was, <laughs> we played. I was like, we're gonna play some country stuff. It's yep. gonna work. And like, <laughs> like that's what's yep. gonna work. Um, but they liked us a lot. Yeah. Um, and then one dude came up and was like, "Will you? Can I use your guitar?" And he was trash. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And I was like, "Yeah." And then you warned him. You're like, "It's two and a half step down. So if you're gonna sing a song, it, it's gonna mess you up." And you were like, "You can retune it. You can use a capo." And he's like, "I don't know how to use a capo." So he ended up not using it. But um, yeah. he was really sweet because he wanted us to like do a song with him. He's like, "Why don't you?" He took. He turned to me and he's like, "Why don't you play guitar and I'll sing?" And I'm like. Oh no, buddy! I'm not like a real <laughs> musician. I'm. Just, so I was like, no, but it was cute. Like they clearly, they kind of like op- opened their arms to us, and like they definitely like liked it. And these were clearly like the locals yeah. that spend every night there, but, and they were yeah. like, they liked us. So but that the, that, the that felt good. The whole point is, if you're getting get out, if there, you're getting, the, I mean, yeah. like, yeah, I mean, I I'm not doing the thing that you guys are doing where you're doing the nine to fivers, but like, so it's, it's tough rough. to like go to a show and then wake up and you know, seven thirty, and go to work the next day. So that's a different sacrifice. But for me, it's, this is our passion. Like we could either rehearse, which we'd probably do anyway. We'd go to rehearsal right. on a Thursday night, or we could sit around and drink wine and watch Netflix and go to bed probably at like 1130 anyway. Right. Or we could go play a show and see what happens. Yeah. You know, even if so, we don't get paid, no one comes, who cares? Like yeah. it, it's, you never know who you might meet. You never know. Like, then maybe Armando's. Yeah, you never know who you're playing or, in front of. That's the name of the venue, by the way, Armando's that we were talking about. But maybe this, maybe they have someone like really exceptional coming through on tour and then yeah. boom, then we come in. There's a lot of options and you just can't shut doors is what I've kind of come to realize. And yeah. sometimes it, it pays to just get off your ass and do that thing. Yeah. So, anyway. It always pays to get out there and yeah, meet so, new people, be vulnerable and I, get I your heart out there. I think we're going to shut this thing down because we're a little bit over what we usually like to do um i really love this last song and that we're yeah gonna play. me too this was i love just like the head bobbing <laughs> feel of the song dun, 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 dun. yeah i think they actually they might have a video of this song which is pretty cool but uh jay roddy thanks again for having us um we're radio keys i'm Stuart. um this is emily my Hi. sister and uh this song is same days off of jay roddy walston's album from 2013 called essential tremors and we're gonna keep searching for that sweet Sweet soul soul music. music
takes 